Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What is that? Wow, that's that's a different tape than I gave. Anyway, that was mayhem. Was that there. January sixth? No, that was actually uh, uh, Tuesday at that would be yesterday, correct? Yeah, Tuesday at the University of California Davis. Those were black clad rioters smashing windows and smashing in doors in the face of cops and campus security officers. The perhaps Antifa types so angry that a conservative was speaking on college uh, on a college campus. Well, I didn't even know that that happened. I mean, it's just down the street from where I live. The protesters clashed with law enforcement and other students, including attendees of the event, event as they smashed windows, hurled eggs, used pepper spray, and blocked people from entering the University Credit Union Center where the event was held. There were at least two arrests. Who, who was speaking? Uh, Charlie Kirk, some of the turning oh, point yeah, USA yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. And actually a longtime listener to the Armstrong and Getty show, Joe Bob, is the opening speaker okay. on that tour, I guess. A nice fella, too. Um, number of people commented, including Elon Musk, not a peaceful protest at all, he tweeted after photos and videos of the protest uh, surfaced on social media. 
Uh, I would hope, and I would hope in vain, that whoever was smashing windows and doors in the face of university security would be immediately ejected from the university, expelled, never to be seen again. Well, I think it's pretty interesting that it happened like a short bicycle ride from where I live. Uh, And I didn't know it until you just told me. Whereas if it had been a pro-choice speaker and some Proud Boys had smashed windows to keep her from talking, I would have heard about it 50 times. on. I would have heard it on Morning Joe on MSNBC. Gavin Newsom might have ringed the Capitol with the CHP to protect society from the the coming meltdown. That's right. It would have been treated like the, the biggest story in America. Yeah, of course. Uh, but nobody uh, nobody cares. One police officer was injured, by the way. He was jumped on from behind and forced to the ground. Wow. You people are crazy. You're yeah. crazy. Two people were arrested and taken to Yolo County Jail for allegedly painting gra- graffiti on the exterior wall of the university. So you jump on a cop and injure them, and, and it's fine, apparently. Anyway. Um, so that was the mayhem there. It's campus madness. Did we, hey, Michael, did we get uh, some sort of theme music ready for this? I can't remember. Apparently not. Oh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. It's campus madness, Jack. Okay. Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> child. Oh, jeez. Wolf. So many, so many stories of uh, the craziness on college campuses. The awful, awful incident at Stanford. The other day when a federal judge was asked to speak and then he was shouted down and heckled by the students. And when he requested that there be an administrator, uh, the administrator showed up was a DEI Marxist who lectured him for hurting people's feelings by disagreeing with them. We have completely lost control of our universe. Wow. It is just absolutely sick. And then this story is uh, also from uh, Cal Unicornia, where logic and adulthood go to die. This is, uh, we're going to play you some tape of uh, Dr. Tabia Lee, who was a director of the Office of Equity, Social Justice, and Multicultural Education at De Anza College. So she was down with the woke crowd, or at least employed by them. But then at some point, she started to look at the things that they were preaching and had some questions. Let's uh, let's start with clip 50. This is uh, the gal who I'll, I'll jump to the uh, the end. She was fired for asking those questions. But uh, clip 50, Michael. I was hired on at De Anza College in uh, 2021 as a faculty director of an Office of Equity, Social Justice, and Multicultural Education. And this was my lifelong dream of a tenure-track faculty leadership position. And I thought that I would be afforded, you know, the academic freedom and freedom of expression that's available to any faculty member. And uh, what I discovered was that as I started to, you know, enact my uh, teaching approach, which I was very transparent about when I was hired on, uh, what I seek to do is bring together people of diverse and divergent perspectives and to identify points of commonality between those so that we can best serve our students. Whoa, 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 whoa. Diverse perspectives? Are you talking about diversity of ideas? We don't put up with that in California, you lunatic. Roll on, Michael. As I began to do that work, there was a severe backlash uh, from some of the extremists on the campus who identified themselves as woke and as uh, aligned with critical social justice ideology. 
and uh, they attacked me viciously. They subverted my tenure review process to do so. And uh, it saddens me as someone who benefited from California Community Colleges uh, as you know, foundational to my scholarship and to who I am today, to see the state that we're in and to see uh, the tenure review process misused and abused by individuals uh, for reasons of not wanting to have multiple perspectives and viewpoint diversity and, and critical thinking, uh, which is part of the mission of California Community Colleges. So this gal says, uh, I was working in the De Anza College. I noticed there was a lot of resistance by even asking questions about anti-racism and policy efforts and language. I just wanted to know what folks meant when they were using those terms. And I encountered a lot of hostility, a lot of resistance to me even asking the question. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. She asked, uh, she objected to the college land acknowledgement for an indigenous tribe at the beginning of every meeting. Do we have to say uh, the gym was on uh, land occupied by the such and such Indians, whereas the uh, faculty center was occasionally used that area for, uh, you know, this other band of Indians? And then she questioned why the word black was capitalized, but not white. And she refused to use gender neutral terms like Latinx and Filipinx because oh. of her belief that they only fuel racism. God dang it. These people need to show up armed with those studies that show Hispanic people don't like them, don't know about the term. And when you tell them about it, they hate it. Oh, yeah. There are a bunch of Democratic Hispanic Congress people who are trying to ban it from the federal government. They're Democrats. They're Hispanic. They hate it because it's stupid. <laughs> One more clip from this poor woman who saw her career go up, up in smoke. I don't work from a singular ideo ideological perspective or even promote, you know, any particular ideological perspective. What I'm doing is bringing adult learners diverse opinions and viewpoints and uh, also letting them know there's many ways to do this work, not just one. And for not towing the line of absolute fidelity uh, to a critical social justice ideology, uh, I was made a pariah. Uh, my work was undermined. My leadership was undermined by key senior leaders and faculty members there. And uh, they literally obstructed me from, from doing my work. And I was subjected to censorship and profanity uh, in the uh, tenure review process. And it was just uh, something that was uh, really hard to see because, you know, as educators, there's a certain level of uh, professionalism and civil discourse that we should engage everyone with, whether yes. they're different from us or not. Okay, Boomer. She sounds like a terrific teacher. Yeah. I think uh, I think maybe that day is past, though. Well, I'm not giving up. Well, it sounds I, like you're giving up. No, I'm not giving up. I just I'm I just, fighting the fight. You're giving up. I you're think, laying down. Show your belly. I think Go the ahead. I think the winning side is going to be no. We do not. It's just like the way this journalism schools no longer think it's important to present the truth. They think no, you pick a side and you advocate for it. That's what right. journalism is. It, we're into a weird, weird period. We're about to go through. So Ms. Lee told Higher Ed, the uh, website slash magazine, I found the same toxic ideologies around race ideologies are now being advanced under gender ideologies. I also find that the constant obsession with pronouns and declaration of pronouns causes deep discomfort for individuals who identify as gender fluid or who struggle with gender dysphoria. So she's like super sympathetic, but doesn't just want one perspective. Uh, a colleague of Lee's also accused the black family member, uh, I'm sorry, faculty member. She accused the black woman of white speaking, white splaining and supporting white supremacy. 
But why was she fired specifically? District Chancellor Judy Minor wrote Lee showed, quote, a persistent inability to demonstrate cooperation in working with colleagues and staff and an unwillingness to accept accept constructive criticism. Boy, that's some good Orwellian language there. An unwillingness to accept constructive criticism. And a persistent inability to demonstrate cooperation. No, she won't cooperate with an ideology she finds abhorrent. (laughs) She's allowed to have those views. That is a funny way to word, uh, you you disagree with me. So that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Demonstrated uh, persistent inability to demonstrate cooperation. Wow. Wow, we are in a scary time. And they are indoctrinating our young people from kindergarten through grad school. Is there any getting the young people back? I mean, will the real world and its uh, rather stubborn insistence that you be logical, um, will that trump the idiotic and, and, and radical ideologies that are getting pumped into their heads in college. I mean, you'd think they'd bump up against reality and realize, oh, all this crap that I believed because my professors told me I should, it doesn't square with how human beings really are, how the world works. You know, it. it uh, I hope I can tie these two things together. I came across this quote the other day from C.S. Lewis, and um, there's a book out about uh, some of his thoughts. Anyway, he was talking about the poem The Wasteland, famous anti-war poem by T.S. Eliot, and it's uh, it's supposed to help people, you know, deal with the horrors of war or whatever. And he wrote, and I thought you can apply this to so many things that we do now, especially in our schools. He wrote, I contend that no man is fortified against chaos by reading The Wasteland, but that most men are by it infected with chaos. And I thought that is really interesting. All these various things that we're doing to, like, protect and train people are not comforting them they're making them more susceptible to being bothered by things oh oh right right we're teaching mental illness yes. in the words of jonathan height and greg lukianoff yes you'd be fine without it but now because you've gotten this thing that is supposed to help you you're more bothered than you would have been yeah race relations in the u.s are yeah. trending downwards at a rapid rate because of this Sick ideology. Or I was actually thinking, because it recently happened in one of my kids' schools where they had one of those shooter drills. You didn't just make the kids safer and happier. You made them more scared. Right. Right. Anyway, um, uh, just came across a uh, state championship track and field team in, uh, I think it's in Massachusetts. The girls' team won the state championship because they had a dude on their team. Oh, I'm sorry, a transgender girl. Dude. Uh, I don't Biological male. But uh, won the state championship, so they're having a bit, wow. of, a, bit of a dust-up over that. Sorry, girls who've busted your asses your entire uh, childhood and high school career and everything to, to get awards and scholarships and stuff like that. No, there are dudes who are going to beat you now. Just put up with it, or you're a transphobe. Ah, see, this, this stuff is so stupid and crazy, nobody could possibly buy it. There are some ideas so crazy only an intellectual could hold them. We have much more on the way. You can join us on the text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. in monkey attacks. I looked out the window and there was a monkey looking at me and I took a second take and I was like, there's a monkey on the front porch. He was trying to get into my house. Uh, the little button that you push in on your screen door, he had broke it off. I was literally hanging on to the door trying to hold my door closed. He crawled, jumped up my back and landed on my head, grabbed handfuls of hair and just Ugh. ripped it out and then ripped my ear almost completely off of my head. Less fun than a barrel full of angry monkeys. Holy cow. At least she didn't have her face hitting off like that one woman from years ago. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty low bar for having a bad day. I but, mean, well, at least be, you didn't have your entire face eaten off. Wouldn't that be the first thing you'd think of if you got attacked by a monkey, having known that that's a possibility? I'd just be thinking there's a monkey attacking me. I don't think I would rifle through my memory of various monkey attacks through the years. Well, I, I think I would react because um, uh, prior to that, prior to that woman getting her face chewed off, geez, how long ago was that now? 15 years ago, probably. Uh, and then she had the first facial face transplant. Anyway, prior to that, if I got attacked by a 10-pound monkey, I would have been thinking, well, you know, this isn't great, but I'll be all right. Mm. Since then, I've thought, geez, a 10-pound monkey attacks you, you may die. This poor so, woman had a monkey on her head. So this woman, and this is in Oklahoma. What, that makes it worse? What she sees, uh, well, you don't expect to be attacked by a monkey in Oklahoma. Oh, I get your point. Uh, she sees a monkey sitting on her porch trying to get in the house. It became aggressive, tried to break in. She called the cops. When the police arrived, the monkey seemed as though it had calmed down. So she went outside to meet with the officers. And it was when she exited her house that the monkey leapt up and attacked her and ripped her ear almost completely off her head. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
After That's a pretty big monkey, too. After the attack, the monkey leapt off Ms. Parker and ran off. Police began searching for it when they heard a pair of gunshots ring out. One of Ms. Parker's family members had shot the monkey after spotting it behind their house. Yeah, I, I hate these stories like that story with the zebra we had where they shot the zebra. Uh, in this case, I would happily shoot the monkey that's going crazy and attacking me. You seem to have a double standard. Uh, I like how calmly she said, I looked out the window and there was a monkey on the porch. You're in Oklahoma. A tornado might not surprise you, a drunken cowboy, but a monkey? The monkey was reportedly owned by one of Ms. Parker's neighbors. That's going to be uncomfortable. So your monkey got out and ripped my ear off? Any chance you could keep that thing in the house? Well, it's dead now, so never mind. Do you have any other wild, deadly beasts I should know about? You freaking Fruit Loops nutjobs. I know, honey. Let's move to Oklahoma and get us a monkey. Uh, Isn't Oklahoma where uh, Tiger King was based? Yes. Yes. They're they're pretty loose on their laws for having wild animals there. Clearly, yeah. Um... Ratings are in for the uh, Oscars. It was the third worst Oscars ever, but it ticked up slightly. So I think uh, the slap brought in more viewers. And uh, you could look forward to a full bludgeoning next year. Somebody grabs that statue and just beats somebody down because it helped the ratings. Well, yeah, clearly. People tuned in to see if there'd be another beating. Joe's got COVID. I looked up what the official CDC guidelines are for someone with COVID. I don't care. And we will follow them closely. If you miss an hour of this show, get the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Pissed off. I mean, let's just be honest about this for a second. The report coming out of our government 
is that this was an unprofessional act and environmentally unsound. I'm sorry, folks. They shot down a United States warplane. They took it out of action. And that's the response we get back. So, yeah, not very happy about it. And uh, the bottom line is, is we cannot allow that to happen. You do not take out aircraft. That is something that is absolutely a violation of international norms, if nothing else. But in this particular case, uh, uh, more has to come. Yeah, the least exciting version of the story says a, dro- a U.S. drone was was accidentally hit by a Russian aircraft, which forced it down. Or you can word it the way he did. The Russians took out a U.S. military plane, which is also accurate. South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds there. Ian Bremmer's take on it was, Sergey rear-ended a drone and left without exchanging insurance info. Then his mom called and said it was the drone's fault. Because Russians are... Rather light view of the uh, the give and take, yes. Because the Russians are claiming that the drone had problems, made a mistake, and went down on its own. We we have video that shows otherwise, apparently, but we haven't released that video yet. So that's that whole story, and we'll see how it plays out. I still contend CNN's doing the best coverage of the war in Ukraine. If you're into the story of anybody, and Jake Tapper show does does a good job. I hadn't heard this story before. This is Melissa Bell with CNN. And Melissa, this comes at an incredibly tense time in the brutal fight uh, for the Bakhmut area. Uh, How are things going? Uh, What's the latest from the ground there? Well, for the time being, the Ukrainians continue uh, to defend that city, Jake, with all the huge loss of life on all sides, the devastation to the city. And that, of course, is a result, as we've begun to understand over the course of the last few days, of this battle within a battle that's been going on, not just between Ukrainians and Russians for uh, control of what has become an extremely symbolic city after all these many weeks and months of siege and battle, uh, but also a battle between the regular Russian forces led by the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Wagner Mercy led by Evgeny Prigozhin, with speculation now about whether or not some kind of trap may have been led, left for Evgeny Prigozhin uh, by uh, uh, Sergei Shoigu, the Russian defense minister, uh, given the huge loss of life to his men and the very open war of words that we've seen between them over the course of the last few weeks. And that in part explains what's been happening at once, how devastated the city is and just how costly it's been to the Russian side in terms of manpower. Today. So you've been hearing mm. and we've repeated the fact that the Russians are losing five guys for every one Ukrainian in this brutal battle. Well, part of it might be, and this is the only place I've heard this story, the regular Russian army run by their sec def lured that private Wagner group in so that they would be attacked because I'm guessing Putin sees them as a threat to take over Russia or something. Oh, that's some Olympian leaping to conclusions, but something like that. What else would it be? Well, no, I think that what they're saying is that the Russian military said, yeah, yeah, we've got an important uh, important assignment for you. Let's uh, take Bakhmut, huh? knowing it would be a complete meat grinder, grinding them down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the guy is powerful, rich, and has his own army. So if I'm a dictator, yeah, I'm kind of concerned about him. Yeah, it's a little Napoleon-like. It's a little Caesar-like. Sure. Um, if you know your history at all. Uh, wow, so she was alleging that the Russian military essentially intentionally caused Wagner to take terrible, terrible yes. losses. 
Yes, that is what she's reporting. The the battle within the battle, the war within the war. That's I got to find more information on that if that's happening. It makes sense. We were wondering just yesterday, what do you what's going on with this private army out there doing their own thing? Um uh, bad-mouthing Putin. That's why he was bad-mouthing Putin and the Russian military so much last week is he probably recognizes what happened there and the fact that they're uh, uh under-equipped and everything, and getting devastated there. By the way, the latest numbers are uh, Ukraine having had 140,000 men taken off the battlefield in a year, dead and wounded. That would be the equivalent of uh, close to a million in the United States if we were at war in a year. Wow. Wow. Oof. You know, my only bone of contention with the uh, the Wagner thing is is the the uh, the head guy is actually currying favor with Putin while hammering at Putin's military. Which uh, you know, does that sound like he's maneuvering toward he wants to be the Secretary of Defense or in mm-hmm. charge of the military or something like that? Probably, probably. But I was just reading how he's trying very hard to uh, be on Putin's right side these days. That's some Game of Thrones stuff there going on, man. Whoa. Oh, yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, I'm starting to think maybe Mike Lyons uh, was right. We had him on last week talking about uh, one of the more important things in war is knowing when to fight and when not to fight. It's when to hold them and when to fold them. Kenny Rogers taught us that. Mm. And uh, and fighting to the last man in Bakhmut when it's not strategically important, is that a good idea for Ukraine when... One of your deficits is you don't have as many people as Russia. I don't know. Unless I'm really misinformed on this, I'm troubled that they're pouring as many men into this as they are, since right. everybody agrees it's of no great strategic consequence who holds back moot. Well, President Zelensky said there would be an open road for the Russians into Ukraine if they win there. Our, our strategists don't seem to think so. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Gruesome. Wow. Yeah. Boy, those casualty numbers for a country the size oh. of Ukraine are just awful. Oh, yeah. And they're higher for Russia, but Russia's a very big country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're recruiting in schools now in Russia. So they went to all the prisons and got as many people to volunteer as they could. Hey, we'll let you out of prison, you rapists and murderers. If you uh, come and fight for six months and live somehow, um, uh, then you get to stay out of prison. So that's an interesting thing to do for society. And now they're going into the high schools and talking about protecting the, the fatherland and showing videos about World War II and trying to get the super young all excited about joining up. Man, that is wow. that is not caring about your citizens is what that is. Take your 18-year-old boys, fill them full of patriotism with lies, and send them out to be slaughtered. That is brutal. Yikes. Yikes. I just, I, I've been saying this for like the entirety of the thing. I don't see any ending this. I don't. It's, I can't picture how it plays out. Well, often wars uh, end when one side has to give up. Which side that's going to be, I don't know. At least for right now, Ukraine is supplied by the biggest armory in the world, us, for according to our leader, as long as it takes, whatever that means. So, of course, so, if Russia is if Russia is going to be supplied by China which is the second biggest armory in the world, it could go a very long time, as you're saying. Yeah, I suppose so. I just Even if the Ukrainians say, all right, we can't take it anymore, you get to keep a third of our country, there will be terrible violence there. 
in mm. those disputed regions for the rest of our lives. Right. Yeah, I was talking about this um, journalist. She's Ukrainian and had gone to uh, Germany and escaped, like so many Ukrainians have. And while in Germany, she is really bothered by what she thought was sanitized news coverage of the war, that they're not making it clear on German television how awful it is. So she's been going back into Ukraine, uh, doing videos, taking photographs and everything like that, trying to get out the word of just how awful this is. And it's awful in all the worst ways that war can be. I mean, just... The absolute, whatever worst thing it is you can imagine, that's the sort of thing that's happening on a regular basis. I read a bunch of descriptions and just thought, oh my God, this is this is hell. It's absolutely hell for these poor people. But um, uh, what was my point? I had a point. Oh, her point was she didn't hate the Russian people before, but she hates them now. She Just the average Russian citizen, she sees them on TV and talking about you know support for each other. She says, I hate them. I want them all dead. And that's what you're talking about, those disputed regions. You think you're going to get those people who, uh, now I'm a guy, I got. I might as well keep fighting you because you murdered my family and raped my wife. Um, uh, I'm going to stay until I'm dead fighting you bastards. That, that That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I would say maybe four generations from now, perhaps Ukrainian children won't grow up wanting to kill Russians. Yeah. But it'll take at least four Ooh. generations. Ooh, brutal. Yeah, it is. And again, no idea how this could end. Um, anything more you want to say about the uh, drone going down? I've got to quit saying drone. Aircraft, a warplane, U.S. warplane forced down by the Russians. Big deal, not a big deal. Mm, it is a big deal, yes. I suspect there are communications that we're not going to hear about uh, behind the scenes where we're making it infinitely clear how pissed off we are, I would hope. Uh, but not wanting to escalate things in public and, and poke chests too much. We're playing it cool publicly. Saying, hey, that was unprofessional, bad for the environment, uh, dangerous. Bad for the environment. Yeah, when I heard that, I thought, what the I hell? Isn't that pathetic? Are you kidding me? We're all worried about whether or not the two biggest nuclear powers on Earth are going to go to slinging bombs at each other over this. Leave out the whole it was bad for the environment part for now. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. they dumped fuel on our plane, and then the plane crashes into the sea. That's bad for the environment. Wow, that is really trying too hard. Well, and we're going to continue to have drones, uh, unmanned uh, aircraft over that area, because there are surveillance. Um, it's international uh, waters and international skies there. So is Russia going to do this more? I did see a Republican on one of the shows yesterday. I should have nailed that down and grabbed it. Getting to the whole DeSantis answer on Ukraine, this Republican was saying, "Well, we're we're you know we're someplace we shouldn't be," and uh, I can see how Russia would think, you know, you 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 might be in international space, but you're awful close to our border. And so I thought, I wonder if we're going to start hearing more of this. That's awfully sympathetic to Russia. That's what I thought. Yeah. Again, international waters, uh, we're allowed to. Huh. That that could that could really break out into the open as a big political issue. I've been saying this for a while. Maybe it won't, but and I hope it doesn't. Uh, you, you know, remember how ugly the Iraq War got on whether you were for it or against it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see us getting there with Ukraine at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, what's your opinion? Uh, we got much more on the way. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe thinks he has COVID. Joe Getty has COVID. Oga, oga. Coronavirus! Right. This is a crisis. Oh, you know, we all uh, know. it's not much of a crisis. Uh, there's a brilliant piece written by one Thomas Lennard about how we still deserve answers about our COVID response. How virtually every developed country on Earth has had a serious inquiry into, all right, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? How, what was an underreaction? What was an overreaction? I Let's this, be smart about this. Yeah, I have but this question. We haven't really. Do they have a Donald Trump in their country? Oh, boy. That's, the That's caused everybody to become completely crazed. Um, so I looked up what you're supposed to do because I follow all CDC guidelines. That's why I exercise an hour and a half a day and eat mm-hmm. only lettuce and uh, a lot of other things. And uh, all the COVID guidance. So you test. Have you tested yet? No. Until you test, you should stay isolated. If you take your test and you're negative, you're allowed to come out of your isolation. But obviously, if you're positive, you need to uh, go into a five-day quarantine, five days at home. If you test positive, you should wear a high-quality mask if you need to be around others at all, including in your own home. So around... Around Judy and your dog. Not just no, but no blanking way. Uh, Use a separate bathroom? No. Uh, Don't share personal household items like cups, towels, or utensils? Mm, Don't do that anyway, really. (laughs) I will comply with that one. We have one fork in my house, and we just share it. Like at dinner time, we just go around. You take a bite, now you take a bite. Yeah, yeah, well, that's kind of romantic. Dinner (laughs) table events. Me and the kids? I don't know oh, if it's romantic, well, I was but picturing you and well, anyway, yeah. Judy and I will uh, we'll have cereal in the morning, and I'll have to take a bite with the spoon, then hand it over to her. She takes a <laughs> bite. It's brought us closer together. Yes, it is. 
Uh, so she, well, okay. Oh, but in the kitchen we use the same towel. So I'm sorry, yeah. I'm back to nope, not going to do that. Yeah, you're flouting, flouting the guidelines, and I uh, don't appreciate it. The CDC I'm just ignoring them. The CDC took a lot of time and put in a lot of effort to figure out what the guidelines should be, and you're acting like they're no big nothing. We canceled the dinner thing tonight, but dinner table events. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Chimney. Is it a bailout? Is it not a bailout? Are taxpayers on the hook? Are they not on the hook? I haven't gotten to that Wall Street Journal piece about that. It's pretty interesting. I mean, uh, some of it's a little bit semantic-y on whether you're going to look at it that way or not. Some of it is not. Um, former FDIC chair Sheila Baer, in a piece for the Financial Times, argues the agency she used to lead is setting a dangerous precedent by reimbursing the Silicon Valley Bank customers. So this is the former FDIC chair. Banking regulators have now decided that the failure of two mid-sized banks, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature, pose systemic risk, requiring the FDIC to pay off the uninsured depositors. At combined assets of $300 billion, these two banks represent a minuscule part of the U.S.'s $23 trillion banking system. Is that system really so fragile that it can't absorb some small haircut on these banks' uninsured deposit? If it is as safe and resilient as we've been constantly assured by the government, then the regulators' move sets dangerous expectations for future bailouts. The uninsured depositors of SVP are not a needy group. They are a who's who of leading venture capitalists and their portfolio companies. Financially sophisticated, they apparently missed those prominent disclosures on the bank's websites and teller windows that FDIC insurance is capped at $250,000. That's completely wrong. That's okay. some good populist bullass, but it's wrong. Okay, what's wrong Just about wrong. it? Because the idea that you can only have $250,000 in a single bank as a corporation, as a tech company, because the rest of it's uninsured, so uh, if we have $10 million, we'll spread it over 40 banks. Is utterly unworkable. Nobody does it, and nobody expects anybody to well, do it. Well, then you got to change That's the just rules, disingenuous. Though, you yeah, you absolutely do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just everybody, for a very long time, practically since the FDIC is, was founded, has assumed that if a bank goes under, even heavily regulated and, and carefully scrutinized as they are, if, if it goes under, people's savings will be backed up, will be insured. Now, I saw examples yesterday. I don't know, know what the, if they were fudging on the timelines or not, or if these are like really outliers. But I saw some examples of people who have not gotten help from the government when more than $250,000 got, you know, wiped out because they were, you know, it's like, it's like the thing we always talk about the, um, uh, the victims of 9-11 each got like a million dollars every family. The victims of the same attack decades earlier that only killed six people got nothing because it was a small number. It's that sort right. of thing where if you have a whole bunch of bankers, uh, a whole bunch of people lose their money, then we bail them out. But if you have a small bank somewhere and it's six people you never heard of, we don't bail them out. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I suppose that's 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 possible. Yeah, I haven't seen the examples you're talking about, but it wouldn't shock. But they got to change the rules then, though. You can't you can't have it. Be uh, like an un uh, like what do they call it the 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 unwritten rules of baseball? Yeah, you can't have the unwritten rules of banking. Yeah, honestly, I I, I would agree with you. I just think there's a lot of uh, populist demagoguing going on, but it you can't have a run on all the mid-sized banks in America. It would cause an economic disaster. 
So you think that FDIC chairperson there is just running for something? Or I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I just I don't buy their argument. Mm. Nobody. I think if you saw a list of the number of above two hundred fifty thousand dollar bank accounts in America, it would be millions of entries long, millions and millions. Nobody takes seriously the two hundred fifty thousand dollar limit. It's it's on paper, but nowhere else. It doesn't exist in reality. You can join the conversation anytime you want on the text line at four one five two nine five KFTC. We also got this going for us. We do four hours. We know you can't listen all four hours. You can listen to them in podcast form whenever you feel like it. Just look for Armstrong and Getty On Demand. How do you like that? I I have a long and detailed version of my argument uh, I could touch on next hour. Put it on uh, your vlog. I don't have a vlog. You don't have a vlog? I wouldn't know how. What do you do with your afternoons? While you're busy flouting the CDC guidelines on COVID, endangering us all. Coughing on people out of pure meanness. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.